Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Good morning, Vietnam! I have you now. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Hello! My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. And yes, you are listening to the 30-something movie podcast. Um, This time around, we are on episode number 148. We are marching right on towards 150. So tonight we are in episode number 148. We're going to be talking Full Metal Jacket this time around. Uh, so before we get started, let me just warn you right up front that we do spoil the movies we talk about. So we're going to give stuff away. If you have not seen Full Metal Jacket and you want to go see it before you listen to this episode, then please make sure you go ahead and go see the movie. So pause right now, whatever you're on, your computer, your phone, your whatever. Pause it, go see the movie, and then come on back. We'll still be here. Isn't this the one with that guy from that military mail time show? That's this movie, right? Sure. Didn't you ever see the show Mail Time? No. Oh, we'll talk about it in a minute then. Okay. No, I have not seen that one. Yeah, it was on like the History Channel or the Military Channel or something. And it was Arlie Ermey from Full Metal Jacket. And he he would go around and he would see stuff in military bases. And he would read mail he got from people. And it was... Yeah. Oh, no, you know what? I I do remember that. Mail call. Mail call, mail time, yeah. whatever. Yeah, I do remember that. I didn't ever I didn't I, I never really watched it, but I knew of it and I knew that he was the host of the show. Yeah, he was hysterical on it. It was fun cuz he did all sorts of crazy stuff cuz he's a crazy person. I, I can imagine. I mean, watch the first 15 minutes of this movie and tell that he's a crazy person. <laughs> Some of the greatest 15 minutes of film ever. I mean, that just right out right out of the gate. That's what you're presented with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll be talking about that. So without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, so hold on to your M14s and we'll get there. Um, so yeah, so this time we are talking full metal jacket again, we're going to spoil it. So if you haven't seen it back the truck up, uh, go see it. And then, uh, you can come on back. We'll be here. Uh, if you would like to please leave us a review on iTunes, we would love to hear what you're enjoying about the show and the review on iTunes will help us be heard by other people. So uh, if you have not done that lately, or if you have not done that at all, it takes just a couple minutes or so. Um, in fact, I'm sure there's a link to setting up an iTunes review through our website. So you can just go there. That would be at 30 podcast.com three zero podcast.com. So if you have not done that, uh, please feel free to go and do that at any point in time. Does not take a whole lot of time and helps us out immensely without you having to donate like 30 or $40 a month to us, which you could do that too, if you wanted to. But you know, this is a free way of doing that. So, all right. I like Uh, free ways. I know it's free is good. I will always take free, free food, free time. I'm good with any of it. All right. So this time around, I am joined by a couple of my co-hosts. I have Bo Warmbold. How are you doing, Bo? Hello. How was uh, the start of your work week? It was uh, 
It was the start of a work week. The start of work week. <laughs> the eclipse today. So you can tell when we're recording this. It's the we're recording this on uh, Monday the twenty first, and uh, we were in a in the path of the uh, total solar eclipse. We got to see what what was our coverage like eighty seven percent. Something like that, yeah. yeah. It was less than 90, Did you get to see that today? solid coverage, but for all the clouds. Yeah. Did you get to see any of it at all? A little. Uh, we had the glasses going, so we uh, we were out there. We You could see a little at times, but then it would go behind clouds and, and yeah. whatnot. It was still cool. Yeah. I do have the WGN feed from Carbondale recorded on my DVR. Okay. But have not... Uh, reviewed it yet okay as i was spending all my time of course re-watching and making notes for tonight's uh, oh, of course, of course. yeah all right and and the illustrious pat canagalo is with us too Ooh, illustrious. Well, i don't know i don't know if the if the illustrious pat is there but uh pat's here you know i'm just trying to i'm just trying to build you up so that you you, you bring your a game today I, hey man i got it i got the a game and actually it was uh uh I don't know if it's same question, uh, but the but the um, the eclipse was pretty cool, and we got pretty fired up in this uh, in this house for it. We um, the uh, uh, my mom and dad actually got tickets and drove down to Carbondale, so they were sitting oh, wow. in whatever. Yeah, they were down in the stadium, and so they got to see the whole thing and had the camera with filters and all that kind of stuff. And they said it was pretty crazy being in the crowd and just being, you know, in a in a total eclipse. You know, what do they call it? The totality zone or whatever. Yeah, you'll have to. Grab some of those pictures from them. I'd love to see those. That's really cool. Sure. Well, and then if, if you like that, my, um, my brother his, is, um, my, my brother is very uh, into, you know, like space and, and studying about the eclipse. And he and his wife are actually out in Boise, Idaho. Or no actually, way. no, yeah, or more specifically, they're hiking somewhere out in the whatever, like out in the mountains. And they got, they, yeah, they camped out. They're somewhere out of cell range and like above the tree line. So we're still waiting for him to reemerge and, and all that. And I'm sure they got a whole bunch of pictures and all that too. So any of that stuff I'll, I'll, uh, I'll share with you. But, um, so we were, we were talking it up with the kids and all that today. So I, I actually, um, I, uh, I, I took my lunch late and booked out of school. Actually, I think I saw you guys, John, coming back and, and staring up there. Mm -hmm. at it and so i booked out of school and and uh tore across town and grabbed daniela from her school and dominic from his school and then we went out to the parking lot and there was actually about 10 parents and kids kind of standing out in the parking lot and so we we got there and from about 115 till about 120 or 25 or so you know well it was eclipsing we we watched it and so that was pretty cool and the kids had a lot of fun staring up and oh yeah i see it dad it's partially covered and wow that's cool and so it was a neat experience Nice. So, and it was funny because as I was driving out there, I was kind of bummed. It, it looked like rain. It was cloudy. It was dark. And I'm kind of like, well, that's kind of a bummer. And then as I was driving back, it got brighter, but the clouds weren't going away. And then it occurred to me, it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. It looked like it was dark and going to rain because of the eclipse. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, so that, was a, that was a good time. Didn't get as that dark as I time. thought it was going to get. I thought it was going to get a little bit darker, but. Yeah. Well, next year we yeah, just all I think had the cloud cover didn't help. I think the white clouds were letting the light kind of bounce around too much because it yeah. was not very dark. Yeah. Well, next year we'll all have to get tickets and or not next year, but I think they said in seven years or something, there's going to be another one. There's going to be another yeah. one that will come through like Southern Illinois in about seven years or so. Yeah. 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 Well, next, next, year, next seven years, we'll all get 
Maybe we could do a live podcast taping at the Eclipse or something. There you go. There you go. What do we be so, doing? Uh, we'll for do a second, the 1994 the, movies. So yeah, there you go. Interrupt the, about the science involved in them being able to tell us that in seven years there'll be an eclipse that passes by so, through Southern Illinois. I know. Like just the, the brain, the, the the calculations and computations behind that just sort of blow my mind. Yeah, yeah I was looking at a website that has the next. 50 years worth of eclipses that we that you could see on earth wow like they have a whole list and they'll show you the path that it should travel and all that other stuff and that's yeah i have a hard enough time figuring out how much tip to leave at a restaurant much well, less that's what i'm saying like you know. <laughs> i know you're tra- cal- yeah. calculating a path of totality for the eclipses for the next 50 years yeah you're just not i'm not we're sure where to put the decimal point when i'm trying to figure out the tip much right. less where the moon's going to be and yeah right. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And I just, I just, you know, and my mom kind of said this too. It's just, without getting too much into all the fun that we're having in the world and this country and all this kind of stuff these days, it, it's just kind of cool to see something where people can come together. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it's just kind of like, you know, and I might be, I might be waxing a little eloquently on this, but you know, you, you know, you look at Star Trek, and you know, the, one of the things they show is that future where Earth is all united, and you know they're exploring the stars and all that. And, you know, you talk to astronauts that have been up there and, you know, it's just, they say, once you get away from earth and you look down and you realize how kind of small it is, or it's just very, it, it just gives you a different perspective And this. I mean, I can't pretend to have been in space, but when you, when you start seeing these things and think, wow, these, these, you know, these large objects, these are moving through the heavens and just these once in a lifetime or once, couple times in a lifetime events are occurring i don't know that's that's just pretty cool and i I just think it's neat that people come together and can celebrate it and i think that's pretty cool i think it's pretty cool i was glad employed by the aliens to get us all outside at the same time yeah i agree i agree you know are we all plugged into the matrix reality now is that what happened we could be sure it's funny you mentioned star trek specifically pat because will wheaton said something on Twitter very similar to what you just said today. Oh, really? Okay. He just, it was just, you know, just like you said, it's that time when everyone can agree on something for a change. Yeah. You know, we can all go out and look up the exact same thing and be all part of the same thing. And it was cool, you know, and everyone was in it. Yeah, that's very cool. That's very cool. Well, so, so speaking of things that everybody is, is going to be into before we get going with our full metal jacket stuff, I actually had a question for you guys. Okay. Um, I was over, I was looking over a list of movies that are coming out in theaters for the next, what are we looking at here? Four months. Yeah. The next four months. So I was going to ask you all if you have uh, maybe a couple of movies that are coming out in the fall and early winter here that uh the, well, mostly the fall time that uh you're really looking forward to <sighs> so I'll, I'll, let me run down the list of the kind of the major ones that i saw here and, and you tell me whether or not uh i'll read the whole list and then you can tell me if there's any of these that you're you're interested in or excited for Sounds uh, so some of the ones that have already come out the dark tower came out that was stephen king one yeah i still need uh, to get to see that terminator 2 and 3d is coming out at the end of the month yeah i can't really decide if that's worth my time or not i mean i love the movie yeah Okay. 3D, really? Uh, they are Something re-releasing Close Encounters of the Third Kind on the 1st of September. Oh, wow. 
There you go. Uh, it, the new It is coming out on the 8th. Uh, Kingsman, the Golden Circle is the 22nd. The Lego Ninjago movie. The kids are going to love that one, but that's coming yep. out on the 22nd. Um, the remake of Flatliners, which I didn't realize was happening, is coming out the wow. 9th of September. Oh, uh, tell my brother about that one. Blade Runner 2049 is coming out in October. Uh, my Little Pony, do we have any bronies here? Negative. Um, no, we don't have any bronies here, but I'll tell you this. Just within the last month, Daniela has gotten head over heels into My Little Pony. Okay, well, My Little Pony the movie is coming out uh, October 6th. Okay, well. Which, which Nora, Nora and I went to go see Despicable Me 3 uh, just a couple of days ago. Okay. And that was the My Little Pony preview was on there. Yeah. She did make a point of pointing out that that's just a few days before her birthday. So <laughs> we might, uh, yes. we might see My Little Pony the movie close to Nora's birthday. Well, I probably will be right there with you, John. So. Okay. Uh, we've got, uh, this one was kind of interesting. Professor Marston and the Wonder Women is kind of a, a biopic about uh, the man who created Wonder Woman. Okay. That's coming out at the end of October. Then, at the, So here's, now, now here's where it gets to the point where we are going to, I mean, us as a group or us individually will probably be in the theater just about every couple of weeks. So yeah. Or Ragnarok comes out on November 3rd. Yeah. Justice League comes out on November 17th. The Disaster yeah. Artists comes out on uh, December 12th. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, the animated movie Ferdinand about the, the bull comes out on oh, the 15th of December. That looks awesome. It does look good. Uh, the Last Jedi comes out on the 15th of December, and Jumanji, the remake, comes out on the 20th of December. Wow. Wow. So, so of that list, Dark Tower, Terminator 2, Close Encounters, It, Kingsman, The Golden Circle, Lego Ninjago, Flatliners, Blade Runner 2049, My Little Pony, Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman, Thor Ragnarok, Justice League, Disaster Artist, Ferdinand, The Last Jedi, and Jumanji. Are there any of those that you are particularly excited for? Yes. Yes. Which ones? And all of them uh -huh. is not a viable answer. <laughs> oh, man. One of your non-answer answers. Thor. Thor, Star Wars, Star Wars, of course. Dark the Tower, Justice League. I want to see. I have heard Dark Tower is not doing well. Yeah, that's um. I don't know enough about the original. Here. I read a little bit of the comic book, but I don't know enough about the original story to be all that interested in it. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. I mean, it looks it looks fun, but Jumanji looks know. really cool. Yeah, I'm, oh, my, guy, my guy is in Jumanji, so I'm going to enjoy that for sure. Yeah. Wait, your guy is? Dwayne, man. Okay. Okay, can I just go, and I, I'm just going to go off on a tangent. Go this on. is going to be a phenomenal year in movies. 2017. Oh, yeah. Holy buckets. This in, oh my gosh. When we, uh, just, oh my gosh. And <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm going off on a tangent, but. Do it. Here's my guilty pleasure. The Fast and the Furious movies. I can watch those <laughs> like six days a week and twice on Sunday. I mean, it's like it. And if I don't know if any of you have you seen Fate of the Furious or the last one. I have not Nicole, seen the last one. Dude, if you like Dwayne The Rock Johnson, I you will you will love Fast and the Furious 8. If you are a Jason Statham fan, you will love Fast and the Furious 8. I even enjoyed this is this is how much I am enjoying Dwayne the Rock Johnson right now. Yeah. Uh, over the past three or four days, when I wasn't watching a movie for this podcast, I was enjoying his performance in a silly movie called Central Intelligence. Okay. With um, Kevin Hart. Okay. 
really funny. Like the two awesome. of them were just really funny with each other, and it was kind of a different, just a different take on the rock. Sort of, it was it was okay. fun, you know. Yeah, it was just fun. Cool. Oh. So, so, anyways, yeah, Jumanji looks good. Fast and the Furious Eight is awesome. Um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine that looks pretty cool. Yeah, I'm intrigued by what that's going to turn out to be. I, I don't know if I'm as convinced as I want to be. If that makes any sense. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, what else was in that? Oh, Ferdinand the Bull. Love the book. Can't wait to see it in a movie. Have, am I just... Did I miss this because I don't have kids? Is that what this is? Yeah, um, it's a, I think it was a children's book. An older children's book. Okay. Because it doesn't ring that, a bell uh, with me at all. Now, that does, doesn't mean much. It just means yeah. it doesn't ring a bell with me. Bo, Bo it's, it's a kid's book, so you, you, could probably, you could probably knock it out in about two or three minutes. Okay. But seriously, it, it has just a great message, the book does. So it, it'll be cool to see what they do. You know, if they bring the message, that's cool. If they try and, like, I, I don't know, I can't remember from the trailer, but if, if they mess it up and try and, like, make it, oh, well, let's try and, like, speed it up for current times. Let's put, like, fart jokes in there. That oh, would be really wait a minute. But if they actually tell the story the way the book is, that could be very cool. So, okay, wait, wait, wait. Is this the same Ferdinand the Bull from that little short Disney thing back in that they made back in the day? I don't know. It could be. Disney, Disney made like an eight-minute Ferdinand the Bull cartoon that I've seen tagged with other Disney shorts over the years. It's, heck, I just found it on YouTube. It's eight minutes long. It's from 1938. Uh, little Ferdinand would much rather smell the flowers than buttheads than yes. cows. Yes. Holy mackerel. Okay. Okay. I didn't know they had that. I didn't know there was an older version of it. Yeah. It's, it's an eight minute little short. It's on YouTube. It's, which is amazing in one concept because it's Disney. Surprise they have. So, yeah. Okay. I never read the okay. book that I remember as a kid, but I do. Yeah. The okay. book comes from, uh, the book was in 1936. So, a couple years before okay. they did that sure. short. Um, it was a. It came out of RKO Radio Pictures back in the day. Okay. <laughs> huh. So okay, I've seen the little eight minute short. Okay. So yeah. So okay. this will be more of a, a full length. Interesting. Animated movie. Color me intrigued. There you go. All right. Well, I would say from this list, if I'm if I'm going off of this list, I would have to say the ones I'm most interested in. Would be Thor Ragnarok, definitely. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, that's going to be awesome. Um, I'm going to skip over Justice League for now because it interests me, but it also scares me. Well, yeah, see, coming off that, yeah. I've talked about that in the past, so I'm not going to retread that stuff. Yeah. Um, and then The Last Jedi and Jumanji. Well, definitely The Last Jedi. That's probably the one I'm looking forward to most. Jumanji uh, looks like it'll be fun. And the one that I'm going to admit that I... I think I need to go see in the theater. And I think if we go together, I think we need to go together to see this in the theater. As much as I hated the room, oh. I, I think I need to go see the disaster artist. Yeah. I still need to see the room. I got to work on that. So yeah. The copy of that floating around. Uh, Jeff had a copy of that originally. Okay. Yeah. So you might Jeff for that. Yeah, because I still need to see that because the concept of the disaster artist I love, and I think you're gonna find that um, 
that will be so much better laughed at with an audience. Oh, I know. Well, and, and, and again, I hated the room. Like everybody, uh, the rest of you guys forced me to watch it because I, <laughs> I gave it a few minutes and then I said, no, I have better things to do with my life. And then you guys made me, you pressured me into watching the rest of it. We did. We ridiculed you, didn't we? Given the peer pressure because even as adults, some adults peer pressure are watching movies you don't want to watch because they're horrible. <laughs> yeah. They're a waste of money and time. But I have a feeling that when I, because in watching the trailer for The Disaster Artist, mm-hmm. that was hilarious. And see, that's when I know that it's a comedy and it's made for the purpose of being a comedy, then I can have fun with it and enjoy it. Exactly. Yes. The room just made me angry because he thought it was a good movie. Right. Yes. So I will, I will definitely, I definitely want to see The Disaster Artist. I think that'll be fun. And, and because you guys made me watch it, I, th- I think you guys, it's, it's very close to my birthday. So I think you guys should take me as compensation for making me watch The Room. We, we, we'll see about that. We'll negotiate that. <laughs> okay. I, think that's, I think that's how that has to work. I, I mean, I'm not saying you have to hold my hand and buy me popcorn. Okay. But, you know. Yeah. At least, at least to get me in the door. But, okay. Okay. You no. Know. All right. So should we, uh, should we march off to war? Um, I think yeah. we, I think this, I think this bunch of maggots should uh, head to basic training. Let's, uh, let's go to Paris Island. Okay. Right. So this one is called Full Metal Jacket. It was released on the 10th of July, 1987, rated R for many various reasons. Um, the runtime is one hour and 56 minutes. Directed by Stanley Kubrick, who died in 1999, and the world is less for it. Uh, he also did many, many movies, but just listing a few. The Shining, Clockwork Orange, and 2001. This was also produced by Stanley Kubrick, and the screenplay was written by him. He also produced Dr. Strangelove, 2001, The Shining, most of his other movies. And then he also did the screenplays for Dr. Strangelove, 2001, The Shining, and a bunch of his other movies. Um, the, uh, one of the other producers, Philip Hobbs, this was his only producing credit. Uh, other writers for this one were Michael Herr, who did the screenplay. He died in 2016. He also did the screenplays for Apocalypse Now and The Rainmaker. And then Gustav Hasford wrote the novel that this was based off of and uh, helped write the screenplay. He died in 1993, and he didn't really do any other movies, but he did write two or three novels, uh, mostly sequels to his original story um, that this one was based off of called The Short Timers. Cinematography for this one was done by Douglas Milsom. He also did Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and Highlander Endgame. Music was done by Vivian Kubrick, although in the credits she's listed as Abigail Mead. It was Stanley Kubrick's daughter. Uh, she also did the music for a movie called The Mal Game. Budget for this one was $30 million. Box office was $46.4 million in the U.S. Starring Matthew Modine as Private J.T. Joker Davis. He was in Married to the Mob, Shortcuts, Any Given Sunday, and Stranger Things. Adam Baldwin played Animal Mother, was in Predator 2, Serenity, Independence Day, and Chuck. Vincent D'Onofrio played Private Leonard, Gomer Pyle Lawrence, Law & Order Criminal Intent, Men in Black, and Jurassic World. R. Lee Emmert Ermey uh, was Gunny, Gunnery Sergeant Hartman, and he was in Seven, Toy Story... Let's try that one more time. The Toy Story movies, Mississippi Burning. Dorian Harewood was Eight Ball. He was in the 1997 version of Twelve Angry Men and Gothica. Uh, Kevin Major Howard was Rafterman. He was in Alien Nation and Sudden Impact. Arliss Howard was Private Cowboy. He was in Lost World Jurassic Park, The Time Traveler's Wife. Ed O. Ross played Lieutenant Touchdown. He was in Lethal Weapon and Universal Soldier. John Terry was Lieutenant Lockhart. He was in The Living Daylights and Zodiac. Kieran Jakinas was Crazy Earl. 
was in Empire of the Sun, Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit, Kirk Taylor was Payback, he was in Death Wish 3, and The Sum of All Fears. Rotten Tomatoes, the critics gave this a 95%, and the audience gave it a 94%. Some of the critics said, uh, Jay Boyar from the Orlando Sentinel said, what gives this story its power is not really its originality, but the relentlessness of Kubrick's black comic vision and the tightness of his focus. Gene Siskel loved this movie, said it was one of his, I think he said it was his number two movie of 1987. And he said, it's a great piece of filmmaking diminished only by a second act that fails to live up to the first act of the Marines in training. And he gave mm. it four stars. Roger Ebert, on the other hand, did not like this movie. And he said, a strangely shapeless film from the man whose work usually imposes a ferociously, a ferociously consistent vision of his material. And he gave it, a, I think he said he gave it a two and a half stars out of four. Uh, cinema score people gave it a B plus as they were leaving the theater. It was nominated for one Oscar for writing, but did not win. And it was nominated for one Golden Globe for best performance. R. Lee Ermey, he did not win that one as well. A pragmatic U.S. Marine observes the dehumanizing effects the Vietnam War has on his fellow recruits from their brutal boot camp training to the bloody street fighting in Hue. You are nothing but unorganized, grabastic pieces of amphibians. You will not like me. But the more you hate me, the more you will learn. This is my rifle. There are many like it, but this one is mine. My rifle is my best friend. Joker, I want you to get straight up to Fubai. Captain January will need all his people. Yes, sir. Yes, sir! Yes, sir! Anyone who runs is a VC! Anyone who stands still is a well-disciplined Button on your body armor. Peace symbol, sir. What is that you've got written on your helmet? Born to kill, sir. You write born to kill on your helmet and to wear a peace button. What is it supposed to mean? I don't know, sir. Jesus loves you know what really pisses me off about these people? What? We're supposed to be helping them and they sh all over us every chance they get. I'm here to take combat photos. But if it gets too thick, I mean, I'll go to the rifle. What do I think about America's involvement in the war? Well, I think we should win. So apparently, R. Lee Ermey went to Stanley Kubrick and asked for the role of Gunnery Sergeant Hartman. Uh, in his opinion, the actors on the set were not up to snuff to depict real Marines. So when Kubrick told him no, apparently Ermey barked in order for Kubrick to stand up when he was spoken to, and the director uh, instinctively obeyed, and then Ermey got the role. <laughs> that is like that yeah. is the best way I guess you could possibly audition for that. Um, yeah. 
In the first part of the movie, in the sequences inside the barracks during the drill, a special lens was designed to keep every single recruit in focus. Stanley Kubrick intended that no one was special, and they all had the same treatment. Uh, one scene was cut from the movie. It showed a group of Marines playing soccer, but the scene was cut because one of the shots revealed that they were kicking a human head, not a soccer ball. Uh, and then Stanley Kubrick would not direct another movie until Eyes Wide Shut in 1999. All right. That's all I've got in terms of background on this one. So uh, let's go let's start with our usual. Was this the first time you've seen this movie? Bo, had you seen this one before? Definitely. Um, okay. It had been many years and in the... I'm not sure how many times in those many years I've actually seen it from start to finish. Um, I think you said some of the critics, critics even said the same thing. I think there were a couple times when I would um, get near the end and maybe get bored or know what was coming and it wasn't as enjoyable. Um, or you'd stumble upon it like halfway through and you'd pick it up there Um so the last time I saw it all the way through was probably a while ago, but definitely not the first time I've seen it. Okay. Do you remember the, the first time you did see it? How many years has it been? Since oh, jeez. I would was wager I was in high school. When it came out? Or? No, I would, I would wager I was in high school. Okay. Because I definitely was a little young to have seen it when it first came out. And I honestly think my little brother, so I had to be older in high school i think we saw it i don't know if we were watching tv or what but he loves this movie okay but so it sounds like you are not as much a fan of this you know i like parts of it okay it, it it's not it's a great film it's not it's a great film it's a great technical picture um the story is strong but it doesn't evoke some of the more enjoy. I don't enjoy sitting down to watch it. I don't seek it out, if that makes sense. Okay. All right, Pat. What about you? When was the first time you saw this? You know, uh, I I want to say that the first time was th the same as with Bo. I think it was maybe late high school, possibly college. Um, when I uh, when I um, when I saw it. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I've seen it, um, maybe, a maybe a couple counting this time, maybe a couple, three, four times that I've seen it all the way through. So that would be my, that would be my watching of it. The AV club. Okay. Vincent D'Onofrio, welcome yeah. to the AV club. My favorite movie yes. of all time. Tabs on my computer are starting days. to talk. Uh, <laughs> okay. Let's, uh, there we go. I'm, I'm hearing voices. Are there other podcasts invading this call? There are, apparently Vincent D'Onofrio decided to step in and he was going to start talking. Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. so. The solar eclipse is uh, playing havoc with John's recording. Yeah, the, suite. Uh, radio, uh, radio waves are, are cutting through the, the radio podcast waves are cutting through and we're yeah. getting all kinds of crazy stuff going on here. Yes. So, uh, yeah. The first time I saw it probably was probably, I'd say early on in college. Um, I don't think I watched it in high school. Uh, it probably was. We had a little video store. I've probably talked about this before. We had a little uh, video store in downtown Champaign uh, when I was at University of Illinois, and they had a pretty extensive collection of um, 
you know, just kind of some of the classic movies. They, they had some newer ones, but they had some classic movies. They had ones that you really couldn't find anywhere else. It, and then at that point, it was still mostly VHS. Um, they had a huge section of foreign films from all kinds of different countries. So, and they had some kind of a special deal. I think maybe it was on Fridays where you could rent three movies for a dollar or something crazy like that. And so I, I remembered on weekends, if I didn't have any homework to do, and if I wasn't driving home for the weekend, I would just go in there. I'd, I'd, Give, I'd hand over about three or four dollars and I'd get about nine or ten movies and I would just take them back to my dorm room and watch through all the movies and watch stuff I wouldn't normally watch and so I think probably one of those times was a I probably was on a war movie kick and I it was probably the first time I saw Full Metal Jacket and I can't really say that I've ever watched it in its entirety again since then so this was probably the only other time that I watched it all the way through since probably close to about 18 yeah maybe about 17 18 years ago wow mm-hmm. so it's been so it's been a little while and again kind of like, kind of like what you had mentioned was it's not something that i seek out right uh, i know this movie and i know well well the, the funny part about it I'll, I'll talk about that in a second i know this movie and i know what happens in this movie but one of those that i'm if i'm sitting around i'm like oh, i want to watch a war movie mm-hmm. let's do full metal jacket it's not really one of those. I don't yeah. think that it's one of those that you, unless you have a specific reason to go watch this movie and to pick it up. Um, you know, it's, it's not one of those that I can picture a whole lot of people having as one that they absolutely must buy on DVD or Blu-ray. It's more of a, if you've got a reason to watch it, or if you're a Stanley Kubrick fan and you just happen to have a collection of his movies, then Sure. Right, there's that great DVD box set of the Kubrick collection that I think my yeah, brother which I wish, I wish I had. I, I do like Stanley Kubrick's movies, and I wish I, I at one point in time I was almost going to buy that box set, and I didn't, and I, I kind of should have. But okay, so so we've all seen this movie, so this was not the first time seeing it for us, um, and you kind of we've already kind of started to talk a little bit about how we feel about this movie. Um, it has been mentioned in more than one place that this is really two different movies that you have the beginning of the movie, the first, what is that? Maybe the first half hour, first 40 minutes mm-hmm. of the movie are at the boot camp, And then the second, probably two thirds of the movie are when they are actually out in Vietnam and it's your, I don't want to say run of the mill, but it's your, your typical Vietnam war movie, you know, like some of the others we've seen over the course of the last few weeks and, and uh, platoon from last year, uh, it's kind of got your same, again, I don't want to say run of the mill because it, I mean, it does have its differences, but it, it kind of hits the same notes that a lot of the other Vietnam war movies of this era did. So I, maybe the problem is having watched this alongside other Vietnam war movies lately, it kind of blends in to the others for me. And I will mm-hmm. say that for me, I am more interested in the boot camp scenes than I am the rest of the movie. I agree with that. I, if, if they wanted to make this a 45 minute, maybe even a one hour short film all about the boot camp, I think I would be totally fine and totally entertained with that. And to have the, the final scene in the boot camp be where we leave off. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Do you guys feel the same way? Yeah, I think the boot camp stuff is more enjoyable. There's a lot of great stuff at the end, but it's it's a slower pace. It's yeah. just 
Again, again, I, I think I said it earlier. The back half of the movie is so technically beautiful, though. Mm-hmm. Like I'm picturing the scene with the snipers. Yeah. And just the when the guys get shot and the way the it's just so. It's an amazing film, but it moves so much slower that I think it's harder to digest. Right. And I, I mean, I, and I love Kubrick movies. I mean, he's probably if I had to list a a you know, top 10 list of directors, he'd be in my top 10, um, you know, just for his kind of his dark humor that he brings to all of his movies, his visuals, um, you know, just how, just how intense everything is either, either with the acting or the, you know, visually intense. Um, and, and like you said, technically beautiful movies. Um, you know, he's, he's up there with some of my favorites, but yeah, something about the last half of this movie to me, it's it's like it while it looks good and it's and it's you know quality wise, it's a great movie. It just is, I don't know. It falls into that trap of being almost like the other Vietnam War movies for me. Whereas the boot camp part, that just it punches you in the face from the first minute you're watching the movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't. It, it it starts with that, and then it doesn't let up for the first forty minutes. Yeah. What are you thinking? Well, I'll tell you what I'm thinking. I, this, I struggle with this movie and I, I, I have to be honest. I struggle with all war movies and I really, you know, this, this, this could possibly get into one of those deep or philosophical conversation type things, but I never really enjoyed this movie. You know, I, I, I don't for that, you know, I didn't enjoy hamburger Hill. I didn't enjoy private Ryan. I don't enjoy watching that. I mean, I, I'm not entertained. Now, like you said, where, you know, you don't seek this out. You know, it's funny. I I don't really seek out watching this movie. You know, every once in a while, I'll I'll put it in. You know, if I'm reading a book about the Vietnam War, if I watched a documentary, I'll I'll put this movie in to kind of complete the picture and all that. Because I think it's a very raw and brutal look at, 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 you know, um, at the Vietnam War. And I agree with you. It it shows the basic training, you know, or whatever they boot camp or basic training or whatever they call that, and and it kind of opens up that world, which you really don't necessarily get in in the other war movies. Um, and so I, you know, I find that interesting. I, uh, you know, of course, you know, I, I try to do reading and and talking to people that have been to basic training and find out is that really you know what's happening and is that really what it's like and. As near as the reading I did, people said that that was very close to what happened. Now, supposedly, they uh, drill instructors cannot strike um, um, recruits. Like you saw them slapping, right. slapping around some of the recruits. I guess that now that might have changed from 1968 until today. Um, but, you know, I think that was the one thing that they said, you know, had changed. And I, I don't know. I guess I just. I, I don't know what else to say other than it's just a very disturbing movie. I think that it's something that, you know, you need to look at, you need to consider um, as a person living in this, as a citizen of this, of this country. And, and I, you know, I, I think that's in, important to see. Um, I, I, I find that boot camp thing fascinating. And I, I you know, watching, the, you know, that senior drill instructor go to work and, um, you know, it's, 
I'm going to say unfortunate and tell me if I'm wrong. Maybe I'm the only one that's had this experience, but I've talked to a lot of people that have, it's so over the top what happens in that, those, those uh, boot camp scenes that it almost becomes comedy to some people. And, you oh, know, I was laughing. I mean, the whole, anytime they're out running around and doing their cadence, I mean, come on, some of that stuff was good. I, well, yeah. And, you know, I mean, these, these guys, some of the stuff and this I had guy, was this was even kind of tame compared to what really happens. Well, yeah. And I mean, and I, and I get it. And the thing is, you know, a, a buddy of mine that went through uh, basic training for the military, you know, he talked about it and he just said, yeah, it's incredible what those drill instructors, how they can break you down mentally and how they can yell at you. He says, I've never heard someone get yelled at like that ever. And I think in some, in some ways, and I mean, I'm, I'm, whatever your reactions are, I'm not judging, but just for myself, I look at that in one part, yeah, you laugh because it's almost uncomfortable, but then in the same token, it's fascinating what they're, what they're trying to accomplish there on so many different levels. And when you think about that, and where they're really truly breaking someone down to like the absolute bare minimum of what they are as a human being, when they will find whatever it takes to just drill you into the ground to build you back up in their manner. I mean, that is, that is a huge, that is huge, you know? And I think it's, it's almost, I think it's un almost unfortunate if people watch that scene and laugh it off and only see it as comedy. I mean, yeah, stuff, it's funny, but think about what they were portraying there. I mean, what, what is happening to these, uh, these guys that go in and come out on the other side? And, you know, so I, I just kind of, I mean, I, I, I don't want to get too esoteric here on uh, Total Eclipse Day, but that was kind of the thing that always sits with me with boot camp. I can't quite put my head around it, maybe because I've never gone through it, but it's, it's just that, that is, that's, that's some pretty powerful stuff. The second half of the movie, I, you know, it's, I find it interesting. I mean, again, you really only see one, you know, sm uh, small, like a squad combat thing. I mean, that's kind of the big, there's no big charge up the hill. You know, obviously it's taking place during the Tet Offensive, but you don't ever really see the conclusion of it. Um, it just kind of shows them, you know, the big final sequence where they're chasing down the sniper in that building. Um, that was, uh, you know, that's pretty much it. And uh, so I, I, I think that's interesting. You don't get the real big interplay between, okay, well, who's the, you know, like in Platoon, there was the good sergeant, the bad sergeant. Um, you know, you, you don't really get that. But what you do see is just how these guys, it was just a slog. Like, you know, it was just, okay, we fight here, then we walk down the road and we go fight over here. And each point they stop, more of their guys get shot or killed somehow. And that was the thing. It was just... It was just like, okay, you know, they lost the lieutenant when they came up to the town. The next combat, the sergeant went down. Then, the, you know, the next guy took over, and he goes down. And then the next guy goes out to check for the sniper, and he gets shot down. And then the guy goes out to help him, and he gets shot down. And it's just like, you know, oh, my gosh. I mean, you, you just just how human life is, is just being, you know, just destroyed here. And... Then at the very end, there's there's really no resolution. They just kind of go marching off to the next thing, you know. And well, and I think 
Yeah. To me, this movie seems like it's it's meant to be a very small scale, very intimate look at war. That you're not, yeah. yeah you're not going to get the big charge up the hill like we got in Hamburger Hill, and you're not even going to get the, um, you know, the platoon in in the in the title. It's about a platoon. It's you've got you kind of multiple people that you're focusing on. I think, and I think that's what one reason why you could look at this as almost two different movies is once you leave boot camp, the movie, the, the first part of boot camp is really about, to me, it's really about, um, really about private pile it's mm-hmm. really about him and the drill instructor. But, and then you get to the second half of the movie and it's more about Joker and it's more about him dealing with being in this situation, being in the, in the, the Ted offensive, being in the midst of all this, you know, looking for the sniper at the end and and it's kind of just all focused in on him and you, at the risk of you know getting very english teachery here and 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 trying to interpret the the title of the movie i think the interesting thing about that is the full metal jacket i i went and looked up cuz i'm not a i'm not an arms expert and i'm not never been in the military i went and looked up exactly what full metal jacket bullet meant um, and what I found was it talks about a full metal jacket bullet being a small arms projectile consisting of a soft core, often lead, encased in a shell of harder metal such as gilding metal, uh, copper nickel, or um, a steel alloy. So I'm, I'm thinking of it as you start off with these people that are very soft when they go into boot camp. They're, they're very soft until that drill sergeant, like you said, breaks them down and builds up that hard outer shell that they're going to need when they go off into war. Mm-hmm. The problem being that that soft center is still there, and for somebody like Private Pile, they think they broke him down too far, and mm-hmm. and that soft center exploded, and that's why you end up getting him killing Drill Sergeant and killing himself. Um, you know that that scene in particular. I and I will admit, not having seen this for almost twenty years, mm-hmm. when I was watching the movie again. I remembered every moment of that first half hour of the the boot camp scene when they're yeah. going through all that stuff. I don't remember too much of the other hour and 16 minutes of the movie. I mean, I yeah. did not remember what happened beyond that point. I remembered, oh yeah, Full Metal Jacket. That's the movie where Vincent D'Onofrio, he can't cut it in boot camp, but then eventually he does. He kind of snaps and then he shoots the drill sergeant and commits suicide. Yeah, that's Full Metal Jacket. And I'm not really thinking about the rest of the movie beyond that. And I will say, I will say this time around, and maybe it's because I wasn't a teacher the first time I watched this movie. I will say this time around, it was very interesting to me as a teacher, having taught for, you know, about 12 years now and working with all different types of kids, watching the movie this time around, I really keyed in on uh, private pile being like a special needs child. Mm-hmm. Did not key in on that the first time around. I just thought, yeah, okay. So he's a he's a little bit slower than everybody else. He doesn't quite get things as fast. But then there was something about watching it now, having worked with kids, and having worked with kids who have special needs, that I really like. It made me angrier at the drill sergeant. I remember watching it in college. I mostly just thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. You know, like you said, I was laughing at it. I was like, oh, because the drill sergeant, he says all these all these hilarious and, and kind of offen- borderline or not so borderline offensive things. And it's just the kind of stuff he says that he can get away with. It's just kind of funny. So as mm-hmm. a college kid, I'm laughing at it. Um, and the kind of stuff that they're making these people go through, I'm, I'm laughing at it because it's funny to me. This time around, I'm watching it and I'm thinking, okay, well, some of that stuff is still funny. But now it's just mean because I have a different perspective on 
on what might be going on with this private pile and why he's not able to cut it in the same way the the rest of the rec recruits are. Mm -hmm. so that was kind of interesting watching it this time around, having that perspective and kind of bringing that viewpoint to it that I didn't when I was watching it, you know, 15, 16 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've heard things that I've, I, and I, I, I could be way off, but you know, I've heard that they say there's the right way to do things, the wrong way to do things, and then the military way to do things. And mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, again, I'm saying this humbly to our listening audience. I've never served. So I'm only repeating what I've heard other people say, but I think you get that in full, full view with, with that scene. And that's just like, he could not cut it. And you know, the argument goes, well, if they had modified their training a little bit more, um, could they maybe have trained him up to the point that, you know, he could have, he could be, well, the only thing the sergeant really kills that cares about him is, can he be a killing machine? Right. And I mean, could he be that? You know, I almost, I almost saw connections between him and what was the other guy's name? Animal mother. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I, you know, now the only difference was in seeing that animal mother had a very, very, the way they portrayed him, he had a very, uh, very natural and very complete situational awareness. I mean, he, he seemed to be a very natural soldier. And even when, you know, even when it was, to be honest, it was cowboy that was getting rattled and starting to, to blow the call there. He was, you know, um, animal mother was the guy that said, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go up this side, plug smoke, do this. But, you know, he, yeah. he, you know, we're not about to be ambushed. This is one sniper. He, he was able to kind of uh, read that a little bit more, which I don't necessarily think that, that like you said, if, if um, Pyle was private, uh, um, like a, a special needs person, he was, you know, he wouldn't have that. But I, I almost saw that to where, you know, if he had made it through basic training and had gone off the war, that he would be similar. Would he be similar in that just very brutal mm -hmm. kind of I depiction? Think yeah, yeah. Uh, interesting trivia about Animal Mother. Um, originally, they had wanted Arnold Schwarzenegger to play that part. Okay. So they had a couple of other people. Uh, actually, Bruce Willis was, uh, they were trying to get Bruce Willis to play a part in this movie too. But he was, I guess he was like a week away from starting uh, some of the filming for Moonlighting. Okay. So he, he chose not to do it because it would conflict too much, too much with his schedule. But yeah, I agree with you. I think, you know, because Animal Mother is is more of that when you first see him, he, he has kind of that detached killer vibe about him. Mm -hmm. and you kind of feel like that that's, you know, when, when private pile was being broken down, when he kind of snaps, um, you get the sense that he's got that, he, he's got that vibe about him and that, you know, that's what he will become. If he can keep it all together, mm -hmm. that that's kind of what he would become. But obviously he was not able to keep it all together and, you know, took the yeah. route, took the route that he did. But um, yeah, I just, it was interesting to me watching it this time and, and coming to private pile with that kind of a perspective and seeing how, you know, that, um, you know, the, the way of trying to break him down and, and trying to get him to become what the drill sergeant wanted him to become wasn't working, but the much more nurturing approach that Joker gave him was exactly what he needed to become you know, a, a successful, successful Marine. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to say something and I'm going to, I'm going to say it briefly. And it, 
I'm thinking about all these movies and it, it's interesting, you know, we're, tr we're trying to frame them within, you know, like as a movie, we're looking at it as a movie and we're looking at it as a war movie. And how are we trying to tell this? And, you know, it's interesting because when you look at when this movie came out and its proximity to the Vietnam War, I mean, 87. So the Vietnam War had only really wrapped up 12 years before. Right. You know, I mean, that was that was pretty close. The the the, the approximate from when this movie was supposed to take place, 1968, 88. So 19 years later, this movie comes out. That's a almost the same amount of time. I mean, a little bit shorter than between like us and September 11th. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, and did, so, right. and I think about how we've got a whole bunch of movies lately that yeah. have been like the, you know, the uh, Jarhead or Zero Dark Thirty. Yes. Or, you know, that's our generation's. You know, I even jump, I, I was th thinking the other day when I saw something about uh, Three Kings, how I haven't watched that movie in a long time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Thinking about how you have that whole stretch of time where maybe about 10 to 15 years after something happens, then you have like all of the memoirs and the novels that were written about people's experiences in those wars start to get turned into movies. Yeah, and I, and I think with, with a lot of these movies and when we've been doing a lot of them in the last month, that especially around Vietnam, there was so much confusion and anger and hurt and mess that came out after the Vietnam War that I think a lot of these movies maybe are just trying to not even make sense of it, but just kind of say, hey, audience, this is what happened. Here's, a, here, here's like a snapshot of it. And I, I don't know that... They, that they're trying to like make sense of it or, or even frame it because so much of it was not talked about. It was covered up and, you know, we've been over this and talked over this. I, I think the movies, I think they were just trying to get the word out, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Whereas maybe like the movies that we see now, our version of that, we, because there's been so much that, that, that swing against what happened after Vietnam now, Let's support the troops. And I mean, it's like the message seems to be if, you know, you don't agree with the Afghanistan war or the Iraqi invasion or whatever, but we still support our troops. And that, that seems to be, you know, a big, like we can't do what happened at the end of Vietnam again, whatever your political motivation. So the movies that come out about those wars, they seem to be like into the, okay, now we're going to try and frame it for you. You already kind of know what's going on because we're, we're putting it out there and, and these, these veterans are talking about it. And PTSD is such a common theme. I, I think every, I think every sitcom or, or show that's out there in television will somehow have one or two episodes that will deal with some service member that has PTSD. Mm -hmm. So now the movies are framing it. I think back in the 80s, I don't think, I don't think much of Vietnam was really talked about or brought out. And so these movies, they, weren't, they were not near, near the step of trying to frame what happened in Vietnam. I think they were just trying to show what happened in Vietnam because so much of it had just been covered up and not talked about. And so I think that's why a lot of like Hamburger Hill and this, there's like raw, it, it just seems very raw and very, uh, okay, what, you know, where, where's the big victory speech or where's the big scene or where's this or where's that? It's the, it's it's the just, before we had a name for it. Yeah. Yeah. You get what I'm saying with that? I just don't know where the movies are, so. All right. Well, do we have any do we have any final thoughts on Full Metal Jacket? Would you recommend somebody go watch it? Oh, without a doubt. It, okay. It's 
as much as I say I have problems with going back to it, it's something I think you should see once. It's an amazing piece of filmmaking. Some of the um, the way he juxtaposes music with with somewhat violent imagery, sort of. Um, you can sort of see where maybe Tarantino got some of his um, some of his inspiration from. Perhaps yeah. I think uh, Kubrick Tarantino does some of the same things in his movies, where he'll will be a very violent scene with this not so violent music overlaid. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of great stuff here. And then the, 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 the opening scenes in the, in boot camp are, are just an interesting case study in, you know, the time that it was, the time it was made from. Yeah. Know? And Pat, you said you kind of, maybe you'd recommend this if somebody is watching it to put context to, studying the Vietnam War? I think so. And I think, uh, I think it's important to see things like this um, just to remind us that there's a very real cost to doing this. And, you know, I, to, to, to sending soldiers into harm's way and sending our young men and women to go fight, there's a cost. And I, I, I think this movie should be a good reminder for that. I mean... As I, as I look to the news and see that, you know, we've been involved in Afghanistan for 16 years, and I just saw in the news that we're going to be sending more soldiers over there, and there is no, okay, and this is when they're coming home. Yeah. And it's like, I, I, I sure hope that there are some brilliant tacticians and statisticians that are going to, you know, res- respect that. Yeah. Um, I, there's a cost. That's all I, I, and I think this movie is good because I think it can depict through film. I think it can depict uh, a little bit of what that cost, what that cost is. I'm, I'm going to agree with both of you. Actually, you both, you both gave my two reasons for seeing this movie. If someone wanted to see it um, is showing the cost of war. You know, if you want a movie that's going to show you that uh, and show you, you know, some of the, the human side of things, um, show you how humans deal with war um, you know, I, I think it's, it's got value there. The other part of it too is I, and I'm a Stanley Kubrick fan. So I think if you were in the middle of, you know, wanting to run through some of Kubrick's movies, I think definitely you have to watch full metal jacket as part of any kind of study of Kubrick's movies, or, or if you're just wanting to watch through to, to get examples of them. Um, which brings me to, I have one very quick question. We're, we're going to wrap up here in just a second, but, uh, you know, so, so one question rapid fire um, one word or less what is your well you're sure one word or less one title or less uh what is your favorite stanley kubrick movie Ooh. you want me to read down a list of them that would help me okay so starting with uh let's go back to um you know what i'll, I'll go all the way back because there's some that he did like back in the 50s but he, obviously his more popular ones were in the, the 60s 70s and 80s um, so back in the fifties, he did fear and desire, killer's kiss, the killing paths of glory, Spartacus, Lolita, Dr. Strangelove, or how I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb. <laughs> 2001, a space odyssey, a clockwork orange, Barry Lyndon, the shining full metal jacket and eyes wide shut. So based on that list, what is your favorite Stanley Kubrick movie? There's a lot of good there. There's a lot of I was going to say, Bo, are you, fr- are you fretting over there? 
and I'm going to, Oh, you have no idea. I'm going to, Oh, I, this is, yeah. Yeah. This is not fun for me either. Um, I'm going to make you just pick one. I'm going to say the shining. Oh. Okay. With a close second to 2001. Okay. But the shining is definitely. Okay. Yeah. Pat, what about you? Oh man. I don't know. Um, Jeez. Yeah. Well, probably probably 2001. Okay. But I mean close second for uh for Spartacus. Okay. You nice. you actually have the exact same pick I do. Did uh, I steal yours? I'm sorry. No, well, kind of. I mean, I would give I, definitely 2001 is going to be the best uh, my favorite of his. And I would have I mean, I've got to give to me, it's a tie between either Spartacus or Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah, Doctor Strange Love. How could I forget that? So those those are gonna be mine. Uh, the one, and I will mention very quickly, the one that has me most the most confused is Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because I remember watching that. I remember. I don't know if I remember watching it in the theater in college, or if we rented it. And I remember we must have rented it because I remember watching it. And then as soon as it was over, I looked at my roommates and I said, this is the first movie in my entire life that I can't definitively tell you whether I liked it or whether I hated it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I either, I either liked it or I really didn't like it, but I can't tell you which one. So as soon as we finished it, we actually started watching it again immediately. And I watched through it a second time and I said, this movie has got me so confused because I can't tell... I can't tell if I like it or I hate it. Well, in half the time, you're barely day, sure only, if you know what's going on. I've only watched it twice, but to this day, I still can't tell you if I think that it's a really amazing movie or if I think it's just a pile of crap. It you know, is a... it the only thing the only thing I came away from that movie think, thinking my favorite password that I'm ever going to use for anything, Fidelio, <laughs> but. <laughs> the only thing I my takeaway from that movie, and again, it's probably a wonderfully well crafted movie, but the one time I saw it, I just walked away and I thought, you know what, Tom Cruise could have solved his problems and prevented getting beaten up. Well, Five minutes of off filter internet surfing, he'd be done. Bam, fine. None of that other stuff had to take place. But anyways, that was just me. True. Mm -hmm. Very true. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our show on Full Metal Jacket. Uh, if you want to find out more about our show, if you want to listen to any of our other shows from the past, you can do so by going to 30podcast.com. Uh, there are also links there to email us, to give us a call on our love line, uh, the voicemail line. Uh, you can also hit us up on Facebook. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash 30podcast. We are on Twitter at 30podcast. Uh, you can listen to us from the Stitcher uh, podcast player, Satchel, Google Play Podcasts, iTunes, 30podcast.com. And it's possible, I'll have to look and see uh, if we are on Spotify, because I know Spotify added some podcasts, so I'll have to take a look and see. Huh. I think I submitted this there, but we'll, uh, I'll double check before I say definitively that, that, that we're on there. So, when did Spotify uh, add podcasts? I missed this. A little while ago, I think. I, but I think, you know what, I think I submitted to have ours in there, but I, I only think they take, like, the really popular ones. Are you trying to say we're not really popular? You know, I'm. we're really popular in, like, America and Europe and, you know, maybe a few people in uh, Chile. But, hmm. yeah. Much like David Hasselhoff, we're, we're kind of big in Germany. <laughs> really? Yeah. Hey, if anybody wants to lump us in with the Hoff, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, I'll take it. I'm not, I'm not proud. I'll take it. Um, which 
maybe we'll leave this for next time or, or we'll talk about it at some other point. They are doing a remake or they're talking about doing a remake of Knight Rider. Again? Yeah. They tried it. It's going to be more they of a tried comedy. It. it did That's not go well. They are talking about uh, John Cena and Kevin Hart being the actors in a uh, comedic reboot of Knight Rider. Interesting. So, but they always want to re- com- oh, no. we, can, we can talk about that another time, though. So, yeah. All right. Well, coming up next time, uh, next time. So coming up very, very soon, uh, actually next week is going to be our Spaceballs episode. We are leaving. This is our last week of war. Um, and so our next episode is going to be episode number 149, Spaceballs. And then right after that is going to be our uh, our sesquicentennial episode. Um, it sounds Say that 10 times fast. Sure, but uh, sesquicentennial? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, I'm in the Hunger Games. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that'll be our 150th, and that is our movie music episode that we're going to be doing. And so we, we need to work feverishly on our top five lists that we're forcing each of us to do. And Yeah, and then the one you made us do top three. I'm not, like, bitter or anything. Yeah, no, you don't sound bitter. No, I'm not. That's that's okay. Hey, you know what? You, you buy me a ticket to go see The Disaster Artist, and you're going to feel <laughs> a whole lot better about yourself. That's what's going to make him feel better about himself. Give the charity you feel better about yourself, Pat. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, everybody have a good morning, a good day, good night. Whenever you're listening to this, um, be excellent to each other and go watch some good movies. And until then, we will see you next time. Bye. Peace. We must stop communism in that land. Our freedom will start slipping through our hands I hope and pray someday the world will learn That fires we don't put out will bigger burn We must save freedom now at any cost Or someday our own freedom will be lost. Kiss me goodbye and like me while I'm gone. Goodbye, my sweetheart. 